Welcome, weary travelers, to the great big universe of Excess Press. This is a weekly podcast to bring you the news of the Disney theme parks and resorts. Witness for yourselves the wonders of Excess Press. And now, let's begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Excess Press. My name is Matt, and I'm the host of this Disney theme parks news podcast. And this is episode 137, where we once again bring another interview with a cast member. And boy, it is good to be back doing another cast member interview. I think the last one I did was maybe in October, if I if I think I remember correctly. Yeah, pretty sure it was October. So, yeah, it has been a long time. So we we are due for a new episode. I'm so happy to have Nicole on the show today talk about her time uh, working at the NBA experience uh, before it was actually even open. So she kind of worked, uh, kind of helped promoting it and a bunch of other things as she was down there working for a short period of time. So she has a lot to tell uh, and I can't wait to share this episode with you guys today. Uh, so yeah, if you're wondering uh, why there is a cast member interview show today instead of your regular news episode, uh, well, if you haven't been following along, uh, I've actually, I am on vacation in Hawaii and um, as of today if you're listening on the Friday ad that I release it um, uh, we are checking into Alani a Disney resort so we are staying at the Disney Vacation Club resort that is in uh, on Oahu uh, and man we are so pumped to check that out so uh, I'm probably gonna be posting it uh, about it on Instagram so yeah check that out at excess press podcast over there you could follow along with me today but enough of that uh, I'm excited to bring this episode to you about Nicole's time so why don't we just jump right into it and begin this week's episode of the excess press podcast On today's show, we have Nicole from Detroit. Nicole, how's it going? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no problem. You, when I when I reached out to you, you were just so excited, and I don't think I've I don't think I've talked to someone that's excited as you. You just seemed so thrilled to be asked <laughs> to come on the show. So I'm ha- I'm happy you're here. <laughs> well, I am a longtime fan. I listen to your podcast regularly. So when you asked. Uh, for the opportunity to come on, I said I would love to, and I would love to share my experience with the most fantastic company in the world. So, thank you for having me. Of course, yeah. You seem like you had a, a pretty, uh, you had a unique experience, and uh, I'm excited to kind of dive into that. Um, but before we do that, I want to know like your history with Disney, as we usually be- begin these shows. I want to know like what made you f- you love Disney because it seems like you're a big fan of it. Uh, you enjoy going to the park. So like, kind of, how did your love for Disney start? 
Sure. So growing up, I'm sure as most of your listeners or every Disney fan um, has experienced as they view the fantastic animated movies, they become a fan of Disney. Um, and then as they grow, perhaps they have the opportunity to visit Disney World. I never had that chance growing up. The first time I visited Disney, um, I was in high school and it was just a one day opportunity. I was down in Florida with a friend um, and her parents were gracious enough to take us there for the day. And I absolutely loved it. Um, but I actually did not visit Disney World again until my adult life uh, when I was a working professional at Wayne State University in Detroit. And we had a convention down in the Orlando area. And I thought, why not go a day or two early and check out Disney? It's been a while since I've been there. I don't really know what all these parks are. I'll go check it out. And I am so thankful that I did because... My understanding of the company, my understanding of your experience that you can have as an individual, as a family, as a couple, with friends, has completely changed. Before, I just thought it was an amusement park, a theme park where you go for a little bit of fun. Um, but how fascinating can it actually be? And that changed when I gave it another another chance. I wouldn't say another chance because I, I always thought it was a great place, but really um, gave it a full opportunity to create a lasting impression by visiting the parks at my own pace and having the time to explore a little bit more. So always a Disney fan um, of the movies, the animated movies. Um, and then in my adult life became a fan of the parks, of course, down in Orlando. And that started um, my interest in not only learning more about what Disney has to offer from a consumer standpoint, what are the other movies, what are their television shows, and um, they have Disney radio now, um, but what can it provide to you as a consumer from an experience standpoint? And then from there, from a business standpoint, what can I learn from that? Uh, I have worked in administration in the sport industry my entire career. Uh, I've worked in professional baseball, I've worked in collegiate um, athletics, and I really wanted to press into a company that from an entertainment standpoint, from a best practices standpoint, what is their method and what is their process to creating truly a world-class operation? And if they can do that there, how can we implement some of those things in my workplace um, and apply some of that um, knowledge into what we're doing to create a better experience for our fans or our customers. Uh, so, so, so it was just incredible. So, okay. That, well, that's great to hear. So with, with the conference, uh, did you, was it like a training at Walt Disney world as well? Like, so you went down a couple days early. Did you do that on your, on your own first? Yes. So the first time I okay. went down, um, I, I just went down to go to the parks by myself. The conference reoccurs. It's um, it's called NACDA. It's the National Association for Directors of Athletics, where we have athletic directors, we have athletic marketers. I'm an athletic marketer. Um, we have administrators. We have um, people that are there for academics, sports information, compliance. Everybody from the world of college athletics was down in Orlando at the World Center for a convention. We have an annual convention. So that's when we were down there. So the first year just went as a fan or just went to go to the parks to enjoy personally. After that, um, well, when so, I be so before we get into the work stuff, because um, yeah. I, I, yeah, I just I want to know a little bit more about like what drew your interest, but it sounds like just like how they create these experiences uh, for people. And that kind of what it sounds like it, it drove your motivation to see where what you can explore within your own your own world 
Yes. So just going into the parks, I mean, you can have so much fun as a, as just a, a guest in the parks on your own. But I realized very quickly that it was not just a great experience that I was having, that it was something that I could learn from that experience. I am a visual learner. I'm constantly thinking, hey, how can we apply what they're doing here because they clearly have a recipe for success into our operations? Or how can I take that and apply it into my life? Uh, so the next year, I actually went down with the intent of um, participating in the Keys to the Kingdom tour, which is a a tour that takes you behind the scenes. Yeah, I've always it wanted to do that. I've, I haven't oh had the chance goodness. yet. <laughs> I highly recommend it. Um, first and foremost, it adds to the magic of Disney. It adds to the magic of the park at Magic Kingdom. But it also gives you that greater appreciation for truly how they serve their guests on a daily basis and the operations that go into it and how meticulous they are. Um, it, they are 100% true when they say that they are there to create happiness. And by doing that, they go through painstaking troubles to make sure that everything from the way that they move the trash in the park to the way that their cast members move within the park is authentic. And it, and it gives you an experience. So you're not seeing big dumpsters hauled through the park. There's a special way that they remove the trash from the park. Um, so from a business standpoint, after my first experience there in a long time since childhood, I went down with a coworker, um, Caitlin Fettis, and we said, hey, let's take this as a, as a learning opportunity to see what they do on a business side, on a best practice side, and what can we learn and apply back to our business? Um, and then ironically, one of our guest speakers um, was from the Disney um, leadership program, and he actually spoke at our conference that year. And we had already had the experience of doing the Keys of the Kingdom tour. And then he spoke and shared even more about Disney's best practices and the way that they approach leadership. Um, so that I get, I'm not a, I'm no longer a cast member, but if I can plug anything, Keys of the Kingdom and <laughs> the Disney leadership, because if you have that opportunity as a professional, um, or even just a, a Disney fan, you learn so much and your appreciation for the, for the, for the company just grows. Yeah, I think like what what always drives me back is just that experience which you you've mentioned and I try to do that as well in my own personal life of like how can we better because I work for a big company and sure. I always think of like okay, customers first. I want to make sure that we're doing the right thing by our customers no, no mm -hmm. matter what. And uh, I think that's super important and yeah, you can learn I don't think, to, at least to me, you don't have to work at Disney to know that customer experience comes first. No, right. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. How yeah, you you were you were all in. You're like, all right, I'm going for it. <laughs> yes, and since then, you know, since the, this was a number of years ago, this was seven years ago at this point when I oh wow again went back as a professional, then went into the keys to the kingdom, had the opportunity to learn some of the leadership processes, and since then I've you know, div dove in in so many different places uh, within the company. And most recently, that was becoming an actual cast member myself. There's only so much you can learn by being an outsider. And I said, no, I want to take the leap and, and commit to being a cast member, which is what I did last spring and summer. So, yes. Yeah, so let's kind of talk about that transition. So you, you, you started the journey about seven years ago, and then you ended up becoming a cast member. Um, last year. So how, like, how did that work? Cause I, cause I think you said that you're no longer a cast member. So was this like a, what kind of opportunity was this? Like, how did you find out about this, this opening role? How did, like, how did that opportunity come about? 
Sure. So as I mentioned before, I work in college athletics and we very we're very open to you know analyzing best practices and hey what are other companies doing as I've already alluded to through the channels that we have um, in college athletics and our national associations they share a lot of learning opportunities or cutting edge things that a variety of different businesses are doing they mentioned through an article that the uh, that Disney was partnering with the NBA for a new experience down in Disney Springs called the NBA experience so I did some research and learned that they were looking to start to grow their cast member team but also were looking for some people that could come down and be part of that um, initial launch process hey these are the people that are going to be the boots on the ground they're going to be going through the training they're going to be experiencing it for the first time what does this actually look like for our guests when they come in? So that is what I got to be a part of. Um, I went started down there last spring and worked in the spring and then into the summer uh, down there. I am, as I mentioned, a college administrator. I'm also a professor at Wayne State University. So the summertime was a great opportunity for me to be down there. We don't have a lot of classes in the summer. <laughs> um, so it gave me that opportunity. We have so many students that we encourage to go down through the Disney College program. Um, but majority of our administrators and college professors had never experienced it themselves. So we were somewhat sending our students off and saying, hey, you know, we know it's great, but we don't know what it is. <laughs> so I took that um, opportunity to say, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to see what it is myself so I can speak from experience. I didn't go through the college program, um, but I at least went through the traditional um, traditions class, becoming a cast member working there, having your uniform, getting your badge, uh, and then knowing what it's like to work day in and day out as a cast member, interacting with um, the great leaders down there, and then, of course, the guests on a daily basis, so that I could come back and say, this is what I experienced, and this is what I can tell you about what your experience might be like. Um, oh, man. Which well, is, I mean... Uh, Sorry, go ahead. Finish. No, that's okay. Obviously, that's secondary to just the business side that I was learning as well. So it was a twofer. <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome. So what was like the application process like? You said you were able to find these the, the program for this, but did you apply? Was it easy? Like how, how did that go? Yes. So you had to apply like any other cast member applies. Um, you send in an application, you fill out the proper documents, you go through a short waiting period where they contact you to see if you're even an initial fit. They were looking specifically for people um, for the NBA experience um, that I knew that with my sport background, I knew I, I would be a good fit, but of course it's up to Disney to make that decision. So thankfully, um, they did call me for an interview. So I did an initial Skype interview. They invited me for an in-person interview and then said, hey, we would love to have you for this um, initial launch team. So would you be interested in coming down? So that's kind of how the process started. It's very similar to how I would assume others have gone through the process as well. Um, and they really do a great job of communicating with you throughout the entire process, giving you an update on your application, being very transparent. So you're not sitting around waiting to say, did they get my resume? Did they not? They move very quickly, yet very efficiently. And they do a great job of communicating with you. Oh, that's great to hear. I mean, it seems like it was pretty a straightforward interview process and mm -hmm. uh, went yeah, pretty well for you, of course, since you got it. Um, so what was like the what was the transition like? Because it seems like you're pretty situated up uh, in the Detroit area. 
So, I mean, uh, I know this is in the college program, so you're already into like your, your young adulthood. So how yeah. was that transition for you? Was it easy? Were there complications? Uh, so I'm sorry, I'm asking the hard questions here. No, but I'm curious. you're okay. <laughs> yeah. No, it's totally okay. So it was, it was a little bit unique because I knew that it wasn't a long-term plan. I wasn't planning on being down there for a year or several years or a few semesters. And um, so fortunately we have some family friends and my in-laws have some friends through their church that live down in the Orlando area that graciously allowed me to stay with them. Uh, so when I was down there working, uh, I stayed with them. And then on the few weekends that I needed to be home, I would fly home and then go back down to Florida. Uh, so it was a, a couple months of back and forth, um, but overall very grateful to have family down there. Speaking with other cast members, um, there is a whole network of um, like a whole infrastructure of other cast members that are down there to assist people that are moving. Uh, if there's anybody that's listening that's considering it, uh, join the face group Moving to the Magic. They have everything from, you know, how do you transfer your insurance? How do you find an apartment, a, a temporary apartment? How do I find roommates? Uh, and they're very, very helpful. There's a variety of different uh, resources out there. And then of course, Disney itself, um, has people that they can connect you with um, if you are somebody that's not in the college program. If you are in the college program, they do have housing options that you can either elect or um, decide not to use. So they do make that a little bit easier if you're a college student. But as a working professional, I knew that that wasn't an option. So I needed to find alternative housing rather than rent an apartment for the spring and summer. Um, I thankfully found some family friends that were down there and I got to stay with. Nice. Well, that's definitely some useful information in case uh, anyone has like an opportunity like this or is looking for something. Yes. Um, cool. So let's let's kind of dive into uh, what you're actually what your job role was. So you're working uh, with through the MBA experience. Uh, so what was your actual job role? Like what were you, you going to be doing and like what was kind of like the training involved for that? Because uh, you're only there for a short amount of time. So. Yes. Only a short period of time, um, just a few months compared to others that I'm sure have worked there for a number of years. I'm very jealous. Um, perhaps I'll be back as a cast member later in my life. But for yeah, now, you, I mean, hey, you already have an <laughs> in with the company. So, right. Uh, so it, the, the experience started like any other cast member experience. You go through, um, like I said, you apply. You wait to hear back. You go through your your initial interview, then your in-person interview. You go down to the casting building, which is very exciting to go into that building and actually meet with somebody from Disney to have that one-on-one -on -one, um, interview. And then they offer you the position. From there, they start to schedule out your Disney traditions classes. So you go to what is called Disney University, which is actually located behind the Magic Kingdom. Um, and that's where you go to start all of your training. Where do you go to get your um, cast member ID? Where do you get your photos taken? Where do you get your badge set up? And then where do you go to the infamous traditions class? And that is here at Disney University. Um, and the traditions class is the place where you learn everything about the company, the history of the company. You learn about Walt Disney himself, how the company was formed, um, his early professional life. Uh, and then obviously how Disney World and Disneyland and the company that we know today as the Walt Disney World Company um, has come to existence and the leadership that's been involved and just the intuitive thinking and forward thinking that they have as a company, you learn all of that. And 
of course you learn about the um the four keys um the four keys are infamous in the world of disney if you're a cast member it's safety courtesy show and efficiency um but those are the that's the foundation of what you're focused on as a cast member. So regardless of where you are in the company, if you are working on the monorail system, if you're working at the NBA experience like I did, or you are, you know, a guest relations person in one of the parks or you're in one of the hotels, these four keys is the foundation to the business, regardless of where you are. Safety, courtesy, show, and efficiency. And they really explain those to you through the traditions classes that you go through to understand, hey, this is the foundation of who we are and why we're so successful. Um, number one, we take safety um, as our first priority and that safety of our guests that are coming to the park, that's safety of our cast members, that safety of our partners that we're working with, everything from moving a box to your safety when we have large crowds and the number of things that can arise um, when you have a large amount of people in a, in a small, relatively small area. Um, so they walk you through that process of what safety looks like in the different levels. And then of course, courtesy, um, show, which naturally you can think of show is what we see and then efficiency because they cannot do what they do if they're not efficient in any of their business practices. So we learn all of that in the process and that's when you officially earn your ears as a cast member. Um, and there is a fantastic process of you actually earning your ears that day um, when you go through the traditions classes. Um, then you start to break into your individual segments of where you're actually working. So I had a variety of different people in my traditions class that were working in many different places. People from the security team, people that were working in the hospitality um, side, some people that were at the hotels, some people are at different parks at all. Everybody is kind of um, together in traditions classes. And then you get assigned to where you go for your specific role as a cast member. So I went through training specifically for the NBA experience and they trained the group that came in um, either as the merchandise front of house or the operations back of house is what they called it. Um, the NBA experience has a merchandise component and then they have the interactive component. And they broke us up um, again, just to kind of divide us up so that we were trained. But again, when I joined, the NBA experience was not open yet. So some of it was a formality if uh, any of us stayed on when it actually opened um, or where we had roles when we were part of the opening process. Um, some people were just there for the launch period before they even opened. And there were other working professionals that were doing the same um, as me down there for the summer to earn, to learn um, on this temporary time frame, And they just wanted to be part of the launch team. And then their experience was over. So um, I was trained as front of house merchandise side, guest relations, that area, everybody that as you enter into the NBA experience, that was my official training. So register training, merchandise training, loss prevention, shrink, um, all of those things from a merchandise standpoint uh, is what I was trained in. From there, after all of those training processes were done, we actually got to go through a unique experience of interfacing with the people from the Walt Disney World Company, from the NBA and from Disney Springs that were responsible for creating this experience. All so, right, so, so before so before we get to that, talk a little bit yeah. about what you were just mentioning before about the front, um, what's it called again? The 
front of house, back of house. Yeah, the front of house, back of house, because this was before everything was open. So what exactly were you during? You, you what, like what were you doing during during that time? Yeah, so we actually we, uh, the NBA experience wasn't open. We couldn't even get in because it was a live construction site. So a lot of what we did was um, help promote. Uh, throughout different properties, uh, the NBA experience that it was coming. Um, we did a lot of promotional um, videos and shoots with them. Uh, and then we also worked in other areas around Disney Springs um, to again, promote that the NBA experience was coming um, and then start to prepare the things that were actually going into the NBA experience once it was opened. So how do we get some of the um, merchandise items ready, unpacked, inventoried on hangers, and then on carts to get ready to actually go to Disney Springs so that it's ready to be put into the store when they do open. Um, so while we were trained for technically front of house, we were still doing back of house work because we were not open yet. Um, and then as we got closer to open day, we actually got to um, be part of preparing the stage and getting the guest experience ready when they had the big announcements. Um, the commissioner of the NBA was there. We had several um, athletes from the NBA and the WNBA. Um, of course, uh, people from Disney. And we had our big unveil and we got to tell people about what the experience was and take them in for the first time. Okay, cool. So so how many months leading up to the opening was, was all that other promotional work? Uh, so it actually opened in August. Oh yeah, August 12th, if I remember correctly. Yes, and yeah. the work we were doing started in May. At least that's when they started to bring on a larger team than what was already existing within um, the Disney uh, cast member infrastructure. They started to bring in more individuals to start to prepare for it. Okay, so yeah, there was a lot of time before the opening that you were doing work. So what was yeah. like, because you're talking about the promotional work, but what was like an average day like for you like you're you're there the the entire summer doing work so what was like just go through like a, an average day uh an average day well it was a little different every day some days we were testing the trivia game um to see if it actually worked uh like, and if a, there like were... a, a trivia game that was going to be featured in the NBA in the experience? NBA experience. Okay. Yes. So the NBA experience has a variety of different experiences, actually 13 different experiences that you get to uh, experience as a guest when you come in. So they have uh, the first thing you do is you come in and they have films, two films that you can pick from. We viewed the films and we gave feedback. Then you can go into the combine and the combine is where you get um, your wingspan measured, you get your height measured, you get your um, a jump height measured and then it's compared to other athletes in the nba and the wnba so we were kind of their guinea pigs does this like work you're, you're like play testers a little bit exactly yes okay. um hey we get our bands we need to the first thing you do is um kind of register as a guest at the nba experience so we would register as guests uh, for a while to see, hey, are there any glitches? Are there any things within the computer systems that are, are not working properly? Um, how does that work as we move through the experience and they continue to register at each of the different experiences so that their, tra their progress is tracked and then they get a full report at the end? So did you um, go through all 13 experiences or just we, a few? 
Yes, we went through all of them. So dunking, um, they have a station where you can go in and the hoop is actually adjustable. So you get to dunk on the hoop. It can obviously move for different heights and you get to work with a person that's there. They'll give you some recommendations, but you have 60 seconds to get as many dunks in as you can. And they record it and they take pictures and then it's linked <laughs> with your magic band and then you get all of that as part of the experience. And how do you so, do? Um, it, well, the hoop was a little lower than regulation <laughs> for me because <laughs> I'm not quite as tall as the WNBA players or nearly as tall as the uh, NBA players. So you, I, mean, I, did, you, I did okay. <laughs> have you played in the past at all or no? I have. Uh, okay. I, I played in middle school and I just play for fun. Obviously, working in college athletics, we, we play a lot of different games. Um, I'm the worst but, at basketball. It's it's legit probably my worst sport i can't i'm so bad at shooting a, a, a ball it's terrible i can shoot i can't defend i feel bad i'm like oh i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> i never like what are you doing you're not supposed to apologize get in there so yeah that's where i stink at basketball <laughs> but i love the game i love yeah. watching it um oh, so that's so, so that's a lot of fun so was that like just like a maybe a few weeks of your time or like a good portion of it or like how how long were you were you doing that a good it, portion of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a good portion of it. And then we actually opened the merchandise store prior to when the actual NBA experience opened. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Opened. Yeah. yeah, so the merchandise store opened first. So then once we opened the store and had the soft launch of the actual merchandise store, I got to be in the store and worked or interfaced with a lot of the different guests that were coming in um, and helping answer a lot of questions as to what was coming August in the middle of August. So I'm curious, did, um, so I mean, I'll be honest, like I'm not a basketball fan. I've, <laughs> you probably heard me talk about it on the show. I had zero excitement for the NBA experience. So I want to know like, what were the reactions of like people like just coming in, not knowing what this was, like how, how was everyone reacting to it? Sure. Well, the first thing is I'll be completely honest and transparent is some people we're a little bit concerned because it's a separate ticket. So uh, yes. you have to purchase a, a $35 ticket to come into the experience. Um, but the way that we explain it to people is um, it's very similar to its own small theme park, very similar to how you would purchase an admission into any of our water parks or into any of our miniature golf parks. There's an additional fee for that. Same thing for the NBA experience. So while it's not the cost of a park ticket, it's still an experience. And we want you to be able to come in and spend your time and provide you with the photos. So it is a separate cost. So that's the first thing that people ask is why is there that separate cost? Well, it's it, in and of itself, it is like an amusement park because there's a variety of different activities that you're participating in. Yeah, people, um, people just assume that like everything is just all included when you buy like your park tickets at, at yeah. Disney World, yeah. Or when you go to the, or when, it's in Disney Springs. So yeah. mm -hmm. for people that are listening, it's in Disney Springs. It's located um, down by the House of Blues by Splitsville, right next to Cirque du Soleil, which I'm very excited for their new show that's opening in a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, it looks pretty, it looks pretty cool. It looks very cool. Mm -hmm. I love the story behind it. So that's where it's located. It used to be Disney Quest. And then um, after a long period of research, they decided that they were going to convert the space. So the outside of it looks like a big NBA arena. There's uh, ribbon boards. It looks like uh, 
a modern day NBA or WNBA arena. So as you enter in, you, you automatically know that it's something sports. So you go in and the first thing you see is the merchandise area. Uh, and the merchandise area, you can find anything from um, w and, uh, WNBA and NBA merchandise. So from all of your favorite teams, all the teams from all across the leagues. And then there's also NBA experience specific merchandise. So if you don't have a favorite team, but you really enjoyed basketball and you enjoyed it down at Disney, perhaps you want an NBA experience hat or t-shirt or something to commemorate your experience. When you go in, as I mentioned, there's those 13 different interactive queues that you get to participate in. There's film, there is the combine. You can go into this area where um, it looks like it is a locker room. And in the locker room, they have these touchscreen boards where you can see statistics and you can adjust the statistics of players. Um, you can see jerseys and what is actually in a locker room. There's an area that looks like you're being drafted. So you get to go up um, and stand next to the NBA commissioner, um, Adam Silver, and take your picture with him. And they flash your name up there. So it looks like you're being drafted by whatever your favorite team is. So Nicole from the Detroit Pistons. And it looks like I was their first round draft pick standing there next to Adam Silver, um, which is a pretty cool experience. There's also the dunk area, as I mentioned. There's a dribble area where you can see how your dribbles compare to Steph Curry. Uh, there's a slingshot area, which sounds a little crazy. You're using a slingshot to launch these foam balls into basketball hoops. And it is a lot harder than you think it was. A lot of the NBA players could not even do it. So it takes a lot of skill <laughs> and strength. Um, you can practice so why, shooting. So why do, you think, why do you think they kept that in if they found that people couldn't do it? I think the challenge, the challenge behind it, people can do it. It's just not, it's different. It's, How okay. often are you slingshotting a ball into a basketball hoop? So it's something different. And then they have okay. the arcade area, which is really cool, which is your traditional arcade games. Like how do you shoot the basketball as many times into the little net as you can. Um, so overall, it's a very cool experience. And to go back to your initial question, what were people's thoughts on it after? Everybody loved it. Everybody that I spoke to said, this was really cool. I feel like I could have spent so much more time in there. There's no time commitment. You can honestly spend as much time as you want. Your ticket gets you in all day long. Um, can you do um, an experience more than once? You can. Yep, absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so very similar to how parks work. You know, as other people come, the the cast members will try to circulate people through so to ensure that everybody gets the experience. But you can do the experiences and the different um, areas more than one time. Uh, it's a great spot to go if you want to get out of the heat. It's also a great spot to go if you find yourself in florida on a rainy day and what are you gonna do <laughs> go to the nba experience it really is you can spend a lot of time in there um interacting even if you're not a fan of basketball the skills and agility you know it, it's they're not trying to say hey this is everything about the nba and wnba just that physical aspect of it is a lot of fun especially if you're there with a group of people and you can see how you measure up against each other you can compete against each other the trivia contest is a lot of fun, even if you don't know anything about um, either NBA or WNBA, just to kind of say, hey, let's have a contest. You know, that competitive nature comes out. So it is still exciting if you're not a fan of basketball. Oh, cool. All right. Well, maybe you're kind of convincing me to maybe check it out <laughs> in the future. <laughs> 
Uh, cool. So, um, yeah, well, like, what, what were some other things that you might have done before opening? I feel like there's there's a lot of stuff that happened in those th three to four months that you might not have brought up yet. Sure. So, as uh, you know, we were testing a lot of the different elements that were going to be put in there. We were doing some of the promotional work, but in order to prepare for us to actually part be part of the soft opening of the merchandise store, they needed to train all of us in merchandising. So where do we go to be trained? Well, we went to other businesses um, within Disney Springs. So we got to go over to um, the world of Disney for a few days and we got to be cast members in the world of Disney to learn how to interface with guests there and figure out, hey, this is how we're gonna troubleshoot some of the issues when we do have guests in the NBA experience. Um, we were over at, we were at the Christmas store um, because each store has its own unique set of customers and they have their own unique experience. And we knew that that was going to be true for the NBA experience. So let's go in and let's see how that changes and how we can um, kind of troubleshoot some of these question marks that we might have for how our guests are going to be when they come into our store and we open it up because you only have one opportunity to make a first time impression. So we wanted that impression to be really good. And by we, I, I mean the leadership team of, you know, Disney and NBA experience. They, that was something that they were really saying to us, hey, we want to make sure that this is something that exceeds their expectations. It's new. People are going to expect it to be top notch. And since we don't have an experience yet and we're only opening a portion of this experience, we want to make sure that we're answering a lot of the questions ahead of time. So they sent us out to other locations within Disney Springs to gain experience, to share with them what we learned and give them feedback so that we could then change maybe a process or a system that was happening within the NBA experience when they opened. All right, interesting. That's pretty cool that you got to work in the world of Disney. Was that still was it still under construction at the time, or was that finished? Um, it was not a uh, part of it was under construction, oh, if gotcha. that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it yeah. hadn't been fully unveiled um, until later on in the fall, but there was a portion of it that was open in May. It eventually closed. Um, completely as they were finishing the store, but we were in there for a couple couple weeks to work through some things. Okay. Well, it's cool that they gave you the opportunity to train somewhere else on on Disney to give you a little bit of that experience. It was very cool. And I will say that that is common for a lot of the cast members as we were chatting. Um, of course, every cast member has a specific uniform, a specific costume. So we had to have the appropriate costumes to be in each of these locations. So we had to go over to the costuming uh, building and we had to get fitted and assigned a costume. Um, and while we were there, we got to interact with a lot of other cast members. And they said, oh, there's a lot of times when they'll say, hey, we're gonna have this special event or we know that we're gonna need more people. And they ask you as a cast member, would you be interested in, in going to a separate location? Uh, and a lot of the cast members love that. They love having the opportunity to meet other cast members by going other places, um, by wearing a new uh, costume for the day, and just being in a new place. Of course, they love where they work, but it changes things up a little bit when you get to go experience it somewhere else um, throughout the Disney property um, and lend a hand somewhere else, which is pretty cool. 
Nice. I knew I knew there was something that you still had to talk about before the opening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, well, that's awesome. So before we kind of get into the grand opening, I want to know, like, with during that time, like, I know you didn't work all the time. So <laughs> you're in Disney. You have all this free time to yourself. I know you're staying with some family. I don't know how close you were to Disney, but um, like, what what would you like to do in your free time while you while you were down there? Well, of course, going to the parks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but aside from being in the parks, I loved exploring the hotels. Uh, before working down there, I had really only been to the hotels that I had stayed in. I, for the most part, stayed in all-star sports, all-star music. I'd stayed in Pop Century a few times. Um, but I, I had not had the opportunity to explore other hotels like the Polynesian, the Grand Floridian, uh, go over to Wilderness Lodge, Animal Kingdom Lodge. So a few occasions, my husband came down when I knew I was going to have free time and we explored the hotels. And I thought that was so much fun to see other Disney properties and also help me share and connect with some of the other guests, uh, um, guests that were coming through when I had the opportunity to work with them at the NBA experience and say, Oh, where are you staying? Oh, I, I've, I haven't stayed there, but I've been there. Have you been to the Gasparilla, you know, lounge? I, I, I love their bakery there. And that's of course at the grand Floridian. And I wouldn't know that unless I got to go and explore and, and not have a timeline to where I'm there for a few days. I want to hit the parks. I want to hit the food stations. And then it's before you know it, time to go. I did not have a timeline. So exploring the hotels was so cool to well, be you, able to do that. You hit on something cool because I, when I'm down there, I always, I always try to ask cast members for uh, like opinions and stuff like that of just like anything like, like a, yeah, a customer at, like, or a guest asking you like, Oh, what's like one of your favorite snacks? And say so you say yes. the Gasparilla, Gasparilla grill. Yeah. Um, but like, I feel like I've, I've had mixed experiences asking a cast member, like them not knowing Yes. A lot about it. Um, so it's good that you had that that knowledge and kind of like, yeah, exploring a bit and able to connect with the, the guests uh, on, a, on a deeper level, I guess you could say. Sure. And, and that might even circle back to what we were talking about at the beginning. I am seeking information. How can I improve the areas of business or my personal life or the things that are important to me? How can I improve? Well, you have to be out and you have to put yourself in situations to learn. Um, and if you just continue to stay in, in the same lane all the time, you're missing out on opportunities to see other things that are out there or learn a better way to do something, or connect with new people. So of course I was going to give myself that opportunity to learn more about Disney in general, but also find a way to connect with guest members when they're down there. It, you know, any time that you have that opportunity to develop a personal relationship or have a genuine conversation, you don't really get to develop relationships with guests as they're coming through. You see them very quickly. But if you can have a genuine conversation, that's when when that connection is made and that magic is made. And that can be done in any area of business. It doesn't just have to be at the Walt Disney World um, company. It can be anywhere. When you can create that genuine connection with somebody and that magic in your everyday life, people realize there's something special about you, about your company, about whatever it is that you're talking about. And they want to be part of whatever it is that you're connecting over. Yeah, I know for sure. And it's, it's great. You're able to make those uh, connections. Um, well, cool. So during, during that time was, um, 
I don't know, like, with a lot of your guest interactions, were you able to create, like, because I always like to ask this question, like, magical yeah. moments. Were you able to, yeah. like, create any, any magical moments during that, that time? Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> that is one of the best parts of being down there when you get to create those magical moments. There was a time... Uh, we were in Disney Springs and there was a family and they were just casually talking about how they had been to Animal Kingdom the day before and they were was this there why, for sorry was this why you were promoting in, in Disney Springs or uh, this was in, when I was actually um, in World of Disney oh gotcha. so okay. yes uh, and we were there uh, for a couple days and I heard somebody you know a family talking about oh we were there and um, they were experiencing Pandora and they wanted to go on the Avatar ride, which of course everybody wants to go on that ride because it's very popular right now. And half of their party got in line and the other half thought that they were still in the restroom. So they got separated and part closed and the half of their group that was waiting did not get in line and obviously did not get to ride the ride. So they said, oh, well, we're going to be back later this week. Maybe we'll um, see if we can get a fast pass or maybe we'll just get in line earlier and see if it works out. Well, my manager, my supervisor at the time was standing there. We both kind of looked at each other and we were like, yep, let's make some magic here. So we interacted with them. We got a little bit more of their story, said, hey, you know, are you enjoying your time down at Disney? Is it your first time here? Oh, so you uh, were just overhearing them. We were just overhearing it. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they didn't come to us with a, with a complaint. Um, and we were clearly not in Animal Kingdom. We were in Disney Springs. <laughs> yeah. We were just listening to them talk with each other. And so we started to engage them and ask some questions. And how's your experience been? What parks have you been to? What was your favorite ride? Are you going back? And he said, we are. And we hope we can go on, you know, these rides later. And we're like, well, let's scan your magic bands. Let's just see what you guys have going on. And then obviously because we scanned their bands, we had the opportunity to add Fast passes um, to their My Disney Experience um, app and their account. And we said, okay, well, you know, we really hope that you guys enjoy the rest of your day here. Um, make sure you keep your eye on your My Disney Experience app because you never know when those fast passes are, are going to open their hot commodities, but you never know when they're going to be available. They left, they went on their way. Um, they did not know that we had added them to their account. And it was probably three hours later <laughs> um, when two of them came back in and they're like, you, we know it was you. And we're like, we have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> like you, we did not scan our bands anywhere here. It had to be you. And we're like, it just must've been Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> so just that opportunity to, to create the magic when they're not expecting it. Um, and to not take credit for it because really it, it's not us. We just happen to be in the right place at the right time. And for us to be able to do that, that's a popular ride. And that's obviously a place that everyone wants to be. So we couldn't guarantee it. We didn't know if it was going to happen until we scanned their band and it gave us that option. Um, but just to create that moment um, and then to say it wasn't us. It was Mickey because it really is Mickey. That's why we're there. We're there for the magic. We all. That's why we work there. That's why we come there. We play there all the time. So um, just really cool opportunity to create magic for that family. Oh, that's awesome. I love I love stories like that. And yeah. Yeah. As, as an adult, it's always good to get fast passes. So it's happened <laughs> yes. it's happened to me before and it's it's always so 
uh, unexpected. I'm not going to tell my stories now. I've told them definitely in the past. But yeah, getting getting those unexpected fast passes is just yeah, it, it's yes. it's great. So my husband and I spent the first portion of our honeymoon in Disney, and we were graciously um, gifted some three fast passes from our house keeping crew, which was very sweet oh, that wow. they gave that to us. They, they knew that we were there for our honeymoon because we had a little banner hanging in our in our room. And they were the ones that gave us the fast passes. So you never know where magic can come from. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Cool. All right. So we're, we're kind of winding down in time and I want to get to like the grand opening portion. Um, mm-hmm. So kind of talk about, you talked about how the, um, the merchandise store first, but go into like when, like grand opening, like what did you do grand opening day and like kind of what was your experience uh, leading up to the end of your uh, tenure? Is that the right word to use? Yeah, sure. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, my last day was right around there. So um, I got to be part of the opening day. Um, and then shortly after, because school was starting up here in Detroit. So got to be part of the opening day, uh, the grand opening. Um, and shortly after, um, had to say goodbye um, or had to say, see you later to Mickey. Um, see you real soon. But, see you real soon. There you go. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. The words were not coming to me. Like, what, what is it? Oh, it's um, all good. <laughs> uh, so uh, the opening day, very busy. Of course, we have we had the commissioner there, Adam Silver. Um, we had several NBA players that were there. Um we had probably uh, lots of media and stuff. lots and lots of media. There were some social influencers that were there for the day. Um, just a lot of people that were, you know, part of the big announcement and part of um, this exciting time. Bob Iger was there, who is, of course, the chairman and the CEO of Walt Disney World Company. So um, having everybody there that day, it was a lot of excitement. Um, there's a lot of protocol when you're working with media and when you're working with, um, very important, um, guests that day. Um, so everybody kind of had their role and you had, you knew where you were going to be and that was going to be your station for the day. Uh, so I was out, thankfully I was out in the crowd. So I got to see a lot of the promotion that was happening, but there were some people that were stationed inside. Um, and just to see people gather and see the excitement and see the big announcement of truly a grand opening at Disney. Disney's opening so many new things on a daily basis or annual basis. Um, but to be part of something like this was really cool to be there for the grand opening day, to be part of it beforehand and then be there on the culmination of it opening. And then to see guests go in for the first time, a lot of media, um, a lot of cameras on behalf of Disney that were recording some of these. Yeah, I mean, um, event, event, sorry, events like this only like happen at Disney World like a handful oh of times goodness. a year. So it's yes. cool that you were able to get that that experience of a rare experience. So. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Just grateful to be there for the day and um, staying out of the way because again, it's not about us. We're just there to make sure that the day <laughs> goes smoothly. So what was um, like? What was your like role during that day? Like, what were you uh, in charge of? I actually just greeted guests as they were coming in and making sure they knew where to go and where they could stand and how to get into the experience once it opened, Um, which I was completely okay with because, again, I was just happy to be there that day. They had people in specific areas, people that were doing jobs that were like crowd control or making sure that the trash was picked up or... So I was greeting people as they were coming in and helping them find a place so that they could see the stage um, where all of the action was about to happen. So um, I guess you could say I was on the guest relations side that day. (laughs) 
Cool. Was there anything else from uh, the, the grand opening that you, you want to share? Oh, my word. If you have the chance to go back and watch any of it, it is pretty cool. Uh, there's been some grand openings for Disney over the last couple of uh, months and certainly some coming up soon. Um, but if you have the chance, it's pretty cool because you have to actually hear from Bob Iger. And anytime you can hear from the chairman of a company uh, is pretty neat. So to be there, to see him, to hear him speak about this incredible opportunity to partner with the NBA and WNBA and the pride that he had to just see that. I mean, anytime you get to, if you're a Disney fan, anytime you get to see the people that are behind um this company is pretty special. Um, so I would say that that was probably the coolest thing that day was to see Bob Iger. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I'll have to go look back at the footage. Maybe they were live streaming it that day and I'll have to keep an eye out for you if I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm in there somewhere. <laughs> uh -huh. Um, well, cool. So, uh, how much longer were you there at the experience? Like when, when did you have to go back? Uh, I wrapped up that week. That was actually my last week there. Uh, my classes, uh, on Wayne State campus started shortly after we started at the end of August. So I needed to get back to start to prep. Um, I teach in, um, college of education, division of kinesiology, I teach in sport management and sport communication, um, sport marketing and then media design. So I was eager to come back and apply a lot of the information that I had just learned down at Disney into some of my lesson plans. Uh, for my students to learn because there were some, like I said, some best practices and some great lessons that I wanted my students to have the opportunity to hear about. So what do you think is the most important lesson that, um, that you took back and, and applied in the classroom? Mm. My favorite thing that I enjoy sharing with my students the most is communication and communication is not just about responding, but it's about sharing information that they might not even know they needed. For example, one of the most commonly asked questions in the Magic Kingdom, uh, we did spend some time in the Magic Kingdom and they shared with us that one of the most commonly asked questions is what time is the three o'clock parade? <laughs> yeah, the old classic. <laughs> yes, you have probably read it on the internet, you've probably heard it, you've probably heard people ask it, um, but that is a question that a lot of people ask. and. If you're just responding to give them the information, the three o'clock read is at three o'clock, then you've done yourself a disservice to creating an opportunity for this guest to be fully prepared for this experience and provide them with information that they clearly didn't know how to ask for. Because the time is obviously at three o'clock, unless you're there in the winter, then it's at two o'clock because of the sun going down earlier. Um, but in the summertime or spring, summer and fall, it's at three o'clock. And I learned at Disney that the proper way to answer that question is the parade starts from the back of the park at three o'clock. I would recommend finding a spot as early as an hour beforehand, perhaps near a location or if you need some snacks, this is a great place to go. It lasts about 35 minutes and it wraps up at the front of the park. So you're automatically providing them with more information that they asked for, but clearly something that they needed because just knowing the time is not 
all that they needed. So give yourself that opportunity to provide them with more. And then if there's a follow-up question, great, but you provided a top-notch world-class response to them by giving them more information that they were even asking for. Um, yeah. And sometimes you, you can do that assessment like, oh, if they have kids, you probably need to be by a restroom. Oh, maybe you need to be in the shade um, because I can see that you guys have been running around all day. Like whatever it is, you assess what they you know, who the guest is and provide them with the information based on that quick assessment that they haven't asked you for. Yeah, it's, I kind of try to apply that to real life as well. It's like if you're in like a meeting at work or something and uh, you, your boss or something asks you a question, instead of saying like, I can't do it, you give them like an answer saying like, well, I'm not sure if I could do it, but like maybe we can go about doing it this way or this way. Like Absolutely. Giving them like options of yes. way, things that can be done instead of that things that can't be done. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So no, I think I think that's a good tip because that's that definitely applies to a lot of things uh, in life for sure. It it, it absolutely does. Yeah. It applies to a lot of different things in life, and people you know people will appreciate that, and that's what provides that experience that you have when you're when you're at Disney. It, we create happiness. What will make you happy by knowing that when the parade is over, you probably shouldn't go to the front of the park because that's where the parade is, and you're probably going to get stopped. Um, you know, those types of things you can apply everywhere. Um, and that's what's so great from a student standpoint, you know, working with my students, they don't know that yet. Um, and anytime I can give them those nuggets of information to learn how to communicate in a different way, I feel like it's just setting them up for success, regardless of where they go in their careers. Cool. Yeah, no, that is, yeah, that's great. And I'm glad you took those lessons and probably many more, which you said you did. Yeah. So, um, well, cool. So yeah, we're going to, I'm going to wrap things up, but I want to have like just one or two more fun questions here. Sure. Um, if there were any other, uh, magical moments that you, you have, or you want to share, or just like, what's your, your favorite memory in general from just being down there during that experience? Like what, what is the one thing that maybe stands out to you the most? Oh, I, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but going to the costuming department was really cool. Um, because if you think about it from a cast member standpoint, that's where you, you put on your superhero suit. That's where, it, you know, you, uh, of course, there's something special about everybody that works at Disney, but that's when you really get your sparkle because that's when you know that you're stepping out onto the stage of Walt Disney World resorts or theme parks or wherever it is that you're working. Uh, and it was really neat to see some of the, the costumes backstage, some, some dresses, some Disney princess dresses. <laughs> um, so it was just amazing to see all of that and um, to see the seamstresses that are there, to see the um, makeup and hair people that are back there to help create that magic. For me, that was really cool. Um, because it's not somewhere that the general public can go. It's something that, of course, is reserved for people that are cast members. Uh, so to have that opportunity to go there and see it all. Um, some people might think, oh, this is just a warehouse with clothing. But I saw it in a completely different way. Um, that's where, again, you put on your superhero cape or dress or outfit for the day and you get to go out and create magic. And I thought that was really, really cool to experience. Oh, that's awesome. I've never heard an answer like that before, and I love it. It's, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Um, so were there was there anything else that you just want to share about this experience uh, before we head out of here today? 
Well, I, I would just say that if anybody's considering the opportunity to work as a cast member or potentially having the um, Disney internship or college program that they're considering, it is definitely worth exploring. It is worth it if it's a short period of time or a long period of time, because I feel like it just makes you a better person, a better individual. And I feel like it helps remind you that we have a very short lifetime and why not spend it being happy and where else can you do that any better than being down at the most magical place on earth? Perfect. I think that's a great way to end it. Um, but the last question, which I always ask the folks who come here on here and do an interview is what's your favorite Disney parks background music? Because I always like to play Ooh. it throughout the interview. Yes. Oh, my favorite. <laughs> I love Epcot's. Uh, background. I love their music, but I also love the music that is in the hotel room. <laughs> There's an app that you can get oh, for yeah. the music in the hotel room. So I love the hotel room music, and then I love Epcot's music as well. <laughs> okay, all right. I'll I'll try to split the time between the two. Um, Perfect. Yeah. There's yeah. There's a really great app. Um, I think I have it as well, but it like it kind of fakes the uh, the resort TV experience. Yes. Exactly. Um, yep. I'm trying to find. Oh yeah, I think my, it's uh, WDW today. Yep, <laughs> that's is the, the app. Yep, yeah. Yeah, that's the <laughs> same one I have. Yeah, it's I, great. Yeah, I actually sometimes I put that on, but when I when I'm going to sleep, I just have that on my TV oh, as like you just sweet. yeah you just see the swiping of like the parks because um, there's a channel Resort TV One. They have uh, a lot of like I don't know if you ever heard of the YouTube channel Resort TV One, but they have a lot of great content of just old like resort tv from like the parks from like the early 2000s oh. the 90s and then they have like hour-long playlists of like the the what we were just talking about with the music and the the showings for today the park hours and stuff so i'm gonna have to look that up i also frequently listen to off of youtube the happily ever after show okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's so great. So if you are, if you love the music from Disney in general, you've got a lot of options that we've just thrown out. So anybody listening, you've got a lot of music options you can go explore. For sure. Well, Nicole, this has been awesome. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. It has been a pleasure. So thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Uh, so is there anywhere we can find you? Do you want to plug anything today? Sure. You can follow me on Nicole E. Stoll uh, on Instagram. I love uh, meeting new people. And of course I share, I go to Disney all the time. I'm a Disney pass holder. So I share Ooh. my experiences down at Disney too. So tune in or follow along for more Disney magic. Cool. So when, when's the next time you guys are heading down? I'm going down in a few weeks, spring break. Oh, so nice. the week of March 12th, I'll be down there. Okay. Where are you going or where are you staying? I mean, we are staying at pop century and we're going to try to hit up all four of the parks. We're there for four days. So we're going to do as much as we can. Uh, you can do it. I mean, what's great now <laughs> is like Pop Century has a Skyliner, which is yes. the greatest thing ever. It's I have um, not been on them. I'm <gasps> dying to go on them. Oh, it's it. I mean, I, I love it. I, I never had any issues when I went on it. And honestly, like it makes getting around so much easier. Does and it? Yeah, it's, I have, it's crazy. I've been down there when they were open. I was down there in the fall 
And I promised my husband I would not go on them without him. So <laughs> um, I, I painstakingly had to walk past them every time and not go on them. So I am anxious to go on. So I cannot wait. Yeah, especially yeah, being at Pop Century, just getting to uh, Epcot and Hollywood yeah. Studios. It's it's so fast. Like you're you don't have to wait for buses at all. You can just hop on and you could be there in like ten minutes. It's ridiculous. oh my goodness, and yeah. a great view. Yeah, yeah, coming oh. coming in over Hourglass Lake um, is fantastic. It's, I can it, only imagine. Oh my goodness! So now, gonna, now, gonna... now I want to go right now. Thank uh, you. <laughs> hey, you, you only have a few weeks. So That's true. Yeah. So, all right, well, Nicole, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really, really appreciate it. This was fun. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Nicole. Nicole, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was so much fun having you. You really taught, I think, uh, me and the audience uh, a lot of things that you took away from your experience working down in Walt Disney World just for a few short months. And you just sounded so happy just being able to go down uh, and work for them for the for those few months. Um, yeah, it was it was really cool. And I think you kind of swayed me, persuade me to uh, go try out the MBA experience. So. Uh, I know I'm not an NBA fan, but I, th- I think uh, maybe maybe I'll give it a shot in the in the future at some point. But yeah, Nicole, thank you again for coming on the show. It was so great having you on. And if you were a previous uh, previous cast member and you want to be on a future episode, hey, just let me know. Reach out. Shoot me an email at matt at excesspresspodcast.com. You could reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram at excesspresspodcast. Uh, and yeah, just let me know if you want to come on and be be interviewed. So, all right. Well, that is going to wrap it up for this episode uh, make sure you are subscribing to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or however you listen to podcasts. And if you can, please leave a review. It'll really help out the show. You can also find us at excesspresspodcast.com. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram and Facebook at excesspresspodcast.com. Um, there. So, uh, and also, um, right now, today, as this episode comes out, I am checking into Alani, a Disney resort over on Oahu in Hawaii. So, uh, I'm going to be definitely posting some stuff on my social media over there. So, you might want to check that out if, uh, yeah, if you're listening to the day this comes out. So, uh, yeah, I'm over there doing that, having some fun. So, all right. So, and then the last thing is, yeah, of course, again, shoot me an email. Any questions or concerns, or if you want to come on a future episode, Matt at excesspresspodcast.com. Send an email over there. Uh, but that's it for this week. Uh, we Next week, I will be back for the regular scheduled news episode. Uh, and then I'm definitely going to have a trip report at some point to talk about my trip to Alani. So definitely sometime soon for that. So, all right. Well, thanks for tuning in and for your support of the show. This is Matt from the Excess Press Podcast signing off. Until next time, travelers. 
We hope to see you next week. And remember to seize the future with excess. Bon voyage.